Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a TVO podcast. Welcome to On Docs, a podcast about documentaries and the stories they tell. I'm Colin Ellis. And I'm Nam Kiwanuka. Nam, where have you been? Well, a girl's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> can you, can um, you finally tell us what this secret project of yours is? Yeah, so I've been working on a show called The Thread, and it's going to be coming out uh, next month in January. It's not really a show. It's kind of like we're taking like a month to... Um, delve into one issue, one problem, and then we're trying to find solutions to that problem because we just live in a world where there's so many problems and we rarely hear about solutions. And it's going to be focusing on uh, what people care about in the province of Ontario. And the cool thing is that we're using AI technology, uh, Polly. Erin um, Kelly has been on the agenda a few times and she's going to be, Polly's going to be, Polly, her AI, is going to be a big part of the show. So I'm excited for it. She's been on our show, too. This is exciting. I'm really looking forward to checking it out. Thanks. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about a Netflix documentary called Blood Brothers, Malcolm X, and Muhammad Ali. Let's hear a clip. Destiny can take your best friend as an instrument to cause you harm and your worst enemy to do you good. Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. They define a whole generation to be themselves and be bold. There were two different worlds, but it was destiny that they would meet. Three short years that they would spend in their lives. All right, Nam, tell us why you wanted to talk about this doc. Uh, so I should mention that the documentary, it's inspired by a book called Blood Brothers, The Fatal Friendship Between um, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. And it was written by Randy Roberts and Johnny Smith, and they both appear in this film. Um, the reason why I thought it might be a good one for us to watch is because um, I, I grew up in London, Ontario, and I grew up during a time when London was a very homogenous city. And... Um, it was really hard trying to figure out who I was or because the world saw me in um, in one way. And um, I used to listen to a lot of rock and roll music. And I won't, <laughs> I won't say the band, but I was in love with this band. And the lead singer was so dreamy. Um, and then uh, one time they said something that was super racist. And it just kind of like, it just wounded me. Um, it just, uh, you know, a teenage girl and her music are very, you know, we're very connected. Um, but I just felt kind of shunned. Um, so somehow I ended up listening to rap music because I think I saw people that look like me and the music's at the time was very much about empowerment. And a lot of the rappers would talk about Malcolm X and I've never learned about Malcolm X in school. So, um, I found his autobiography, which was written in, uh, with the help of Alex Haley. And I just, uh, I really felt connected to Malcolm X. 
And then Muhammad Ali, um, I've been a huge fan of his. Uh, I mean, who can't? I mean, the way he... I'm not even... I'm a lover, not a fighter. I really am. Uh, (laughs) Boxing, I think, is one of those sports that's really hard for me to watch. But I really admired the fact that he... um, At at a time when it must have been so hard to stand uh, by your morals and your values, he said that he wasn't going to fight in the Vietnam War. Um, And to think about how much that cost him, even from a young age, I just thought, wow, you know, not all adults are bad. Because <laughs> as a kid, you're just like, what are these grown-ups doing? And parents so, just don't understand. <laughs> parents just don't understand. So I always thought that, wow, Muhammad Ali's, you know, uh, this is a really like uh, someone that you can really admire. Um, and I just, I, I kind of heard about their friendship, but I didn't know very much about it. So when I saw that the uh, documentary was coming out, I thought it might be uh, something to watch. And that's why I pitched it. Yeah, no, it was a good pick, actually. I I also uh, was, you know, when I was younger, kind of discovering my blackness, uh, picked up the autobiography of Malcolm X, uh, read subsequent books about him. And then with Muhammad Ali, I've seen like tons of documentaries. I've watched the Thrill in Manila fight, uh, just an incredible fight between him and Joe Frazier. And, you know, the other thing, too, is this, this film, it came out a few months ago, but it, there's been some news recently about mm-hmm. Malcolm X. Uh, that I should just mention off the top. You know, the two of the men who were uh, convicted of assassinating him were actually exonerated, uh, you know, years uh, after they had been convicted. Yeah, Yeah. decades, yeah, Uh, after uh, his assassination, which is still kind of shrouded in mystery, and we still don't really know. Well, there was one guy who was definitely uh, guilty, but we still don't really know who conspired to kill him. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I think the exoneration, because it was three people were convicted, and one of them always said that I did it, those two didn't. Um, And uh, so the other two were exonerated uh, in mid-November, and around the same time, um, one of Malcolm X's daughters uh, died, um, Malaika Shabazz, and so... You know, when people talk about, like you said, people don't really know, still don't know what exactly happened. If you're one of those people that's like, oh, this conspiracy, you might think that, oh, wow, there's a bigger story to it. But one of the reasons why this uh, case was reviewed was because one of the cops, an undercover cop, uh, apparently on his deathbed wrote uh, this information and said, you know, this is what happened and these people are not um, guilty. Yeah, no, I, I, there's actually another series on Netflix, a documentary series called Who Killed Malcolm X that really looks into the case in depth and actually identifies someone who is likely to have uh, done it. Um, so I think people should check that out if they're, more, if they're interested in learning more about the assassination. But we should talk about the documentary, of course, and just uh, what it's about. And I mean, I'll just kind of go through the, the plot a little bit. It's basically showing the friendship and falling out between Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. And it goes through the beats of their lives, which many people probably know if they've seen Malcolm X, the movie uh, starring Denzel Washington, or if they've seen Ali starring Will Smith. Uh, You know, Malcolm, you know, just if people are interested, he was the son of parents who were very influenced by uh, Marcus Garvey. Earl, his father, and Louise, his mother, were followers of the Marcus Garvey movement. My father's organization sought to link Africans uh, in Africa, in the Caribbean, in the United States. My father felt that instead of Africans being servile, they must become self-reliant. 
He was a, uh, for a time, a criminal and spent some time in prison. He joined the Nation of Islam and became a spokesman for the uh, Nation of Islam and, and, and its leader, Elijah Muhammad. And Muhammad Ali himself was actually born Cassius Clay, raised in Louisville, Kentucky. He went to the Rome Olympics in 1960. Uh, he went on to fight Sonny Liston in this famous uh, heavyweight uh, championship, and he won. And they're also, you know, coming out at around a time of, of the civil rights movement and black consciousness is growing. And there's this greater belief in black self-reliance and Garveyism. Uh, Marcus Garvey is very influential. Um, eventually, they're, they're driven apart uh, really sadly by, you know, there's well, there's a lot of reasons, I think. But Malcolm's uh, split from the Nation of Islam over differences he had with Elijah Muhammad over the direction of the of the movement and, and as well as his as Elijah Muhammad's uh, uh, infidelities really sort of split the two, and um, I don't know, you know if you can call them the infidelities because if well. you watch stuff, because <laughs> one of the not to interrupt you, but like one of the it, the interesting things about watching this documentary is there's so much from these men from their mouths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is just so shocking. And uh, Malcolm X in the documentary says, "But the real real reason is that Elijah Muhammad, the head of the movement." is the father of eight children by six different teenage girls. Six different teenage girls who were his private personal secretary. And that was shocking to me because in the past, I've always heard that it was because of, you know, they didn't see eye to eye. Like when John, when President Kennedy was assassinated, apparently Elijah Muhammad said, no one from the Nation of Islam releases a statement. And then Malcolm X uh, made that, you know, that infamous comment about the chickens coming home to roost, uh, where he was kind of gloating that uh, President Kennedy had been assassinated. So I thought that that was the reason why they split, uh, because uh, Elijah Muhammad uh, disavowed Malcolm's uh, statement, and Malcolm X was suspended from the Nation of Islam. Um, so to hear Malcolm X say that from his mouth, it was shocking. And there's a lot of shocking moments um, in the documentary that things that come out of both men's mouths. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, their friendship was the way that it began. Like I. Was bigger than just that friendship because during a time when um, black people were um, the way that they were presented, it was very it was one way, right? And there was a lack of pride um, amongst the black community. And um, one of the uh, people that appears in the film, the academic Cornell West, he described Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali as two of the most freest black men uh, in the 20th century. Um, But then he said that on the other hand, that was a cross to bear. um, And it was a tremendous cost to be free and a loving person during that time. So that stood out for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I wanna talk about the interviews in in a minute, but I should just, you know, mention, you know, this split between Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, uh, you know, obviously it, it, I guess, drove people into different camps. And the name Muhammad Ali came from Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And he obviously sided with Elijah Muhammad and turned his back on Malcolm X, which we can talk about a bit later. Uh, and then, sadly, Malcolm X was assassinated in 1965. And it was obviously just a horrible event that, you know, reverberates to this day, as we talked about earlier. But, you know, you mentioned uh, Cornell West. He's one of the subjects interviewed in the film. 
There's Al Sharpton, who's obviously a famous civil rights leader. The son of Marcus Garvey, which I thought was really interesting, Julius Garvey, he's interviewed. And then I want to say this name's just gentleman's name correctly, and I may not, but I just so apologies if I if I, if I mispronounce it. Melchizedek, Supreme Shabazz Allah. He's the universal high priest of the nation of Islam, one earth in the universe. Amazing, amazing super <laughs> when I saw that on the screen. And the things that he said too, right? He, it was very interesting to hear mm-hmm. from him. He's a, he's a member of the nation of Islam. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective. And to he was 84, from. but he does not look a day over 50. That just caught my eye. Just great genes, great genes. <laughs> uh, the daughters of Malcolm X and, and Muhammad Ali, respectively, are, are also interviewed, and so is the brother of Muhammad Ali. And uh, I just Rahman thought those, Ali. Yeah. yes, and I think those interviews really gave the film a lot of heart. Um, what did you think? What, what stood out for you in those interviews? Um, I really loved hearing from the daughters. Um, the the documentary started with one of um, Malcolm X's daughters talking about how um, Muhammad Ali, well, at the time when they met, was his name was Cassius Clay, um, how Cassius Clay and Malcolm X were destined to meet. Um, and uh, the brotherhood that uh, developed uh, with them. And also one thing that stood out for me too, towards the end of the, the documentary was um, after at uh, Muhammad Ali's memorial in 2016, one of um, Malcolm X's daughters was speaking at the memorial. Um, and she said, having Muhammad Ali in my life somehow sustained my dad's breath for me just a little while longer. 51 years longer until now. You know, I'm an emotional person, but when she, when I saw that, it just made me cry because hmm. to see the things that developed within uh, uh, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali and how important these men were to their daughters um, and how those two families uh, stayed connected. Um, uh, because at one point, Muhammad Ali uh, reached out to uh, Malcolm X's family um, to make sure that they were uh, taken care of and that they were okay. So uh, beyond the politics, beyond the legacies, um, these two men were brothers. Um, and that relationship connected two families in a way that um, it's such a gift. And I, it's great, it was great to see that uh, it was like a full circle moment that those families, that the families were still connected even after all those tragedies. What about you? What, what stood off for me, I think, well, it was interesting that to hear from Malcolm's daughter because, I mean, unfortunately, it's, it's just awful that she never got to really know her dad, right? I mean, he died... I guess when she was a little kid and even like, you know, Betty Shabazz was pregnant with, I think their youngest kids uh, at the time of the assassination. So that was, you know, it was interesting to kind of hear from them. Uh, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up though, is just, you know, we've, we've, when we're talking about this documentary, I think the thing that struck out for me is just that a lot of this is territory that I kind of have seen before. I've seen a lot of this footage. I've seen a lot of this uh, chronicled in other films. I, I like I said, you know, I've I've read a lot of books about Malcolm X and 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 Muhammad Ali, and this relationship was was sort of familiar to me. I think to anyone who wasn't too familiar, I think it, it, there might be some interesting things. But there was just a lot that I kind of already knew, and I sort of wanted to hear something a little different than maybe what had been talked about before, uh, which we can get to kind of a bit later. But you know, I mean, if if you've seen Ali, for example, which is the the Will Smith film. Um, this relationship is, is chronicled very well in that movie. Mm-hmm. And also also one night, in Mi- one night in Miami, which came out earlier this year, same kind of Regina thing. Regina King, know, directed which, by Regina King. Yes, and, yeah. this, and this film shows that 
uh, event, although, you know, it, it obviously can't tell us what really went on. And I thought, at least with Regina King's film, that um, it's kind of giving you a sense of what, what they might have talked about, which I think, you know, sometimes, like, you know, documentary and, and feature films do different things. And I thought in that case, I think it did a, a more interesting job of showing what these men could have been talking about. But, um, I mean, overall, I think, you know, it's it's an important film. I think we have a slew of, you know, documentaries about the royal family. So I'm fine with seeing a slew of documentaries about <laughs> Malcolm X because I think there's a lot of material to mine. Um, I'm surprised. I, I loved it. I thought that, um, you know, there was so much, like I said at the beginning, like hearing them speak. For example, I think both Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali, their image has changed over the years. Um, some of the things that uh, when you think of Malcolm X, a lot of people always that always this is image of this, you know, person who's uh, militant talking about white devils um, and a person that was against um, integration and advocated for segregation. And uh, Muhammad Ali, this person who's, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali's image has been like some of the things that he said in the past. And I don't want to misquote because I don't have it written down. I think if he was to say it now, people might be like, what? One of the things that kind of took my breath away watching it, because I'm a huge fan of Muhammad Ali. um, And I wrote this out. After this was after Muhammad, well, this was after Malcolm X was assassinated. Maybe a month after he had, he had been killed, and Muhammad Ali said this: Malcolm X or anybody else who attacks or talks about attacking Elijah Muhammad will die. Yeah, I mean, Muhammad Ali. When you think of Muhammad Ali, you think about this person who's smiling. People love him, and he's got this such a you know an image of a person who. Uh, a lot of people admire, but when you hear him say those words, it's like a month after a man that was your friend uh, who brought you into uh, the nation of Islam. Muhammad Ali was a Muslim before he met Malcolm, but Malcolm brought him into the nation of Islam. Um, and he, you vacationed together, um, yeah. your family spent time together, and then a month after he died, after he was murdered, you would say that. It just sounds so cold. That didn't surprise you? It surprised me only... Well, no, it didn't surprise me. Here's why. Because, again, I, I had seen this uh, covered in other uh, films and in books as well. So that didn't surprise me. I think, you know, the point that was made about Muhammad Ali being a controversial person and the image that people had of him after the uh, Atlanta Summer Olympics and the, the When We Were Kings documentary, I think, you know, we kind of... I guess gave we sort of I guess there was a bit of a hagiography hey, hey I can never pronounce that word of Muhammad Ali that happened then we kind of forgot about those troubling statements he made about Malcolm X and you know there's another documentary that I want to bring up later which is called Thrill in Manila which looks at uh, the Joe Frazier rivalry he had and some of the horrible things he said about Joe Frazier at the time that were completely unjustified I think this film delves into Muhammad, Muhammad Ali's contradictions a little bit. But again, I've seen that in other documentaries, and I guess that's why I think I was kind of hoping for—I don't know. I think I was just—I was just sort of hoping to see something else that maybe I hadn't seen in other films or books. But you know, if you—if you haven't seen uh, either of those movies, uh, *Thrill in Manila* or the Ali film, uh, this is also you know a fine place to start in learning about either of them. I think it's different hearing 
from the person's mouth. Because the other thing that I was really surprised by was how it humanized Malcolm X. Um, I think Cornell West at one point calls uh, Malcolm X tender. Um, And every time in the documentary, you see different uh, people from the press trying to uh, draw this wedge that's been created uh, by Elijah Muhammad or uh, other actors. Um, He he was asked, well, this is happening. And Muhammad said this and uh, Malcolm would pause and say, you know, I don't (laughs) believe what I hear or read in the papers, in the press. And if he has anything to say to me, he'll say to me. Mm. Um, So he seemed to be very uh, thoughtful in his responses. And, you know, watching the scenes when they both traveled to Africa, um, I kept thinking, what if they had traveled there together? I think it was just a few months after the Sonny Liston fight where, you know, um, one Malcolm had uh, built up the confidence in Muhammad Ali, like, you can do this, you can do this. And afterwards, they celebrated. And, um, you know, you mentioned one night in Miami and all these incredible uh, civil rights leaders um, were uh, celebrating after the fight. And then months later, these two brothers aren't talking anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they played, uh, they played Bob Marley's song, Redemption Song. And (laughs) I just kept thinking, it just kind of tied everything together, right? Because they were talking about like, uh, that song is about... um, emancipating yourself from mental slavery and these two giants were on the continent together at the same time but they were apart and i could just imagine the scenes of uh you know imagine a a thrill in manila like both malcolm and um muhammad ali together like if they went to visited these different countries together what uh an impact that would have made and this idea of pan-africanism it might be further along today um, because they were both after the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it would be decades, uh, I guess, after uh, Muhammad Ali um, took a pilgrimage to Mecca that he understood what he had done to Malcolm X. And uh, he, I think, understood uh, what Malcolm, why Malcolm... um, distance himself from Elijah Muhammad, but it was too late then. You're, you're kind of swaying me a little bit in a, a more positive direction of the film. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie at all. I think people should definitely check it out. What I'm saying is, though, I, I guess, yeah, like I think the, the scene, you know, in Ghana where they, you know, Malcolm is shunned by Muhammad Ali. I, I, I had seen that before in, in, in the Ali film. I'm just, but I, I think one thing that, you know, came to mind just as you were talking about um, Muhammad Ali and his uh, comment about uh Malcolm X and how, you know, people who insult Elijah Muhammad will die. I think, you know, one thing I think the film does, I think, pretty well is I think it, it puts it puts both men into context mm-hmm. because you have to understand, I mean, this is this is a 20 something year old man. He's very young and he's, you know, found a father figure in Elijah Muhammad. And I think, you know, if it was someone who was, you know, insulting your leader, I think you might, you know, say things that you, you know, that are pretty harsh and it's you know like think in fairness to Ali they 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 say that he deeply regretted it and I don't think the film is demonizing him in, in any way the other thing too that I made me think when you were talking about um, 
you know, Malcolm X was talking about white devils when he talked about white people. I mean, some people could look at that at face value and think he was a racist and he was called racist. He was, you know, the, the CBS did a documentary, I think, about Nation of Islam called The Hate That Hate Produced, something like that. I forget With the Mike exact Wallace. title. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, um, but, you know, I think the film does good, do a good job of putting words like that into context because that was just something you just didn't say out loud. Yeah, I mean, I think these are complicated people there you mentioned uh, Ali was in his 20s Malcolm X w- at the time was um, in his 30s and uh, the one of the things that the documentary revealed that I didn't know I didn't know how Malcolm X's dad died and uh, how young he was when his dad died and so he also had that uh, relationship with Elijah Muhammad um, Elijah Muhammad was also like his father uh, I think there was a line, um, I think it was the gentleman's name that you mentioned earlier in the film, he says, uh, of Elijah Muhammad, he was the blood in our veins. And I, Malcolm X would be celebrated today for having turned his back against um, Elijah Muhammad if he did it for the reasons why he said, uh, beyond what everybody says about infidelity. But for him to walk away, it must have been really difficult to do that and you know and after his when when malcolm went to mecca uh, after he took his pilgrimage to mecca when he came back he said i no longer subscribe to sweeping indictments of any one race he learned and you're right there was a huge age difference um muhammad ali was young and impressionable malcolm x was a bit older but i think elijah muhammad meant the same thing to both men and, you know, not only did Malcolm X lose a father figure, he also lost a brother in Muhammad Ali. Um, and it's hard not to imagine what could have been if that relationship had, uh, hadn't been broken. And again, going back to that whole conspiracy theory, some people... <laughs> Don't do some, it, Nam. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to talk about this stuff without, you know, mentioning it because... I know, I know. They're like, well, maybe it wasn't the Nation of Islam, maybe it wasn't Elijah Muhammad who shunned, who um, created this wedge between the two men. Maybe it was the FBI, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Um, you know, it was like they were, again, after the same goal, but personal relation I think if they just had a conversation yeah face to face one on one and um Malcolm X tried to do that in um in Ghana but also <laughs> it was interesting to see how the first time around when Malcolm was on the outs with Elijah how maybe he was trying to use um, Muhammad Ali to get back into the good graces of the Nation of Islam. And the documentary brings up the question, did he do, did he develop a relationship with um, then Cassius Clay? Uh, Because he he wanted to, he saw something that uh, he recognized in himself, or did he do it because he was trying to bring um, Cassius Clay into the nation and with that, Malcolm X would get back into the good graces of Elijah Muhammad. Yeah, but I, I think the doc does show that, you know, Malcolm inviting him to his house uh, to meet his family. Yeah. And the, the joy, you can and see the joy. Yeah, yeah, you can see the joy in their face. I think there, I think there was a strong affinity. There was. There uh, was. For, 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 I think both men had a strong affinity for each other. And it's just, I mean, you mentioned the kind of, you know, the what if possibilities of if these 
two men had together uh, traveled Africa together, uh, you know, spoken to other African leaders together. Because I think Malcolm did introduce Muhammad Ali to a few African diplomats. I mean, the possibilities, it, it, you know, it, it's the same as if, you know, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King had ever worked together. If they had been allowed the chance, if they hadn't been killed so young, uh, just what could have happened? I mean, the what if the potential, you know, possibilities of that, it just, it, it, it'll make you mad thinking about it, but it, it is, it is something that I did uh, leave this film with a lot of questions about. And I think, you know, we kind of have to wrap up our conversation uh, here, but I just, you know, I think one of the things that this doc made me think is, because there have been a lot of films and, and books about both Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. There are things though, that I would love to see f- explored in a, in either format like what? You know, well, I think I would love to know more about Malcolm X's relationship with Pan-Africanism. And he died, I think, a little too early before his you know, politics really started, as his politics were really starting to change, I should say. And it would have just been really, it'd be really interesting to see sort of a, a film that kind of explores that his political philosophy evolving. I, I think that's what I was, you know, what I'd like to see. Yeah, um, that I would love to watch that. Um, I think that there's so many, it just, this for me, it just, I just feel a lot of sadness. Um, and it's not lost on me that Muhammad Ali, uh, spent the last few decades of his life, not being able to communicate with people, um, well, verbally. And I would have loved to see, um, maybe like a conversation about what happened, um, but again, you know, there's that saying, you can kill a man, but you can't kill an idea. And I think Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X, the life that they led, uh, even the relationship, I think was about three years long. It made a huge impact. Just seeing these two bold and confident uh, black men uh, taking up space and the things that they said at a time when you were supposed to be quiet, put your head down, um, you know, the documentary explores like the impact of Emmett Till's mar- murder on Muhammad Ali. And it's not lost on me that in 2021, we're still having these conversations. A lot of the ideas that Malcolm X spoke about in the 60s are uh, prevalent now. They were so important, these two men. I think they laid bricks for uh, a foundation that uh, for a house that's going to be built for years to come. And uh, I think I learned a lot from this documentary. And I think it's a good uh, place to start to kind of uh, try to understand that when you see people, like when you see these people in front of the cameras, athletes, uh, political leaders, uh, there's so much more, there's so more, there's so more complicated, they're much more complicated than meets the eye. And if someone does one thing, it doesn't mean that they're good and bad. I think there's lots of space for the grayness. Um, but I would definitely recommend this. Uh, and if people want to find out more, I will always go back to the autobiography of Malcolm X um, uh, with Alex Haley. And I think you, you mentioned the movies, the biops, biopics. Is that what they're called? Biopics? Yes, biopics. <laughs> <laughs> like with Denzel Washington and Will Smith for both men. Um, I think those are really great places to start as well. Well, I would definitely echo that. And I would also just say that if anyone wants to learn more about Malcolm X or Muhammad Ali, uh, I'll just give a few uh, suggestions. I already mentioned Who Killed Malcolm X on Netflix. I think people should absolutely read uh, Manning Marble's Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention. I read that years ago, and it's just a very uh, detailed biography of Malcolm X that uh, really 
asks, or it, it answers some interesting questions about him and his uh, life that aren't really answered in the biography or in the film that Spike Lee did. But both of those are excellent, so you should definitely check those out. And with Muhammad Ali, uh, The Thrill in Manila is a phenomenal documentary that shows his rivalry with Joe Frazier. And the documentary When We Were Kings is an astonishing look at that uh, fight he had with um, George Foreman in Zaire. And yeah, you'll, you'll just learn so much uh, from watching or watching any documentary or reading any book about either men. Uh, they're just both very fascinating figures. So thank you, uh, Nam, for picking this doc. I think it was really great uh, no chatting problem. about it. No problem. I had a great time. And I just want to add, because uh, it's always important to get the right quotes. I just looked it up. The quote that I mentioned about uh, Malcolm X being tenderhearted in the film is actually Cornell West. And he quotes, um, he says, James Baldwin uh, said this of Malcolm X, that he was the most gentle and tender man I ever met. So... Good stuff. <laughs> and that's the podcast. You can watch Blood Brothers, Malcolm X, and Muhammad Ali on Netflix. We'll leave a bunch of book and documentary recommendations in the show notes of this episode. So check those out. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about us. It helps new listeners to find the show. If you want to get in touch, you can follow me on Twitter at ColinEllis81. And you can follow me at Namshine. Thanks to producer and editor Matthew O'Mara, senior producer Katie O'Connor, production support coordinators Nikki Ashworth and Jonathan Hallowell, and executive producer Laurie Few. We'll catch you at the next screening. Mm-hmm.